Hello and welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. I'm Skylar Sokol. I am Anthony Nicolosi. And this week, we are going to piggyback off our conversation last week about the Hearth venue and explore some additional thoughts we've been having about venues. Um, Anthony, you want to share with us just what the other venues Jesse Sell has defined are? Yeah, so... Uh, again, for the listener, the Jesse Shell wrote a book called The Art of Game Design, A Book of Lenses. Um, we talked about it a little bit in our previous podcast, so check that out for a little more highlight of this. But this, what I'm about to list are the venues that Jesse quantifies as the places we play games. Um, so he, he mixes them up into private and public venues and then a few venues that kind of overlap both. So I'll list out here for private venues, he calls out the hearth which is the point of discussion of our previous podcast, the workbench, and the reading nook. Uh, so like workbench being dedicated experiences, kind of like PC or dedicated console players playing their reading nook, kind of where mobile games shine. Um, public venues then, he calls out the theater, the arena, and the museum. Okay. Um, I'll leave it at that. And for the half private, half public venues, he calls out the gaming table, which kind of has a little overlap with our hearth discussion, uh, the playground, and last and maybe most interestingly to this topic, he calls out the venue called anywhere. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, well, be and that kind of touches, I think, right on what we want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. I if he. If he already defined anywhere, then I guess we can't really come up with a new venue, but <laughs> we can zoom in a little bit on that one and make it a little more specific at least. So I think what Jesse Shell may have not been so like aware of or able to consider at the time he conceived of these is just how much the technologies of both virtual reality and augmented reality would move forward um, and how those would really affect some of the ways we can game. Right. Yeah, I mean... I agree with you that I think that anywhere venue is an attempt to capture that, right? Um, but yes, I agree. Yeah, so like, I don't know. We have, there's a few different AR and VR experiences that already exist. Some things like, you know, when you used to go to the arcade and they'd have that like big box that you'd just go in and it was sort of a spaceship and it would move around and you would like be on a roller coaster or whatever. Right. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily a game because you're not really interacting with it, but there are ones of those that have been implemented where you do interact. What what kind of venue do you think those fall under? Does Do those fall under an existing venue or do those already require a new one? I feel like those that kind of an experience is more of a public venue sort of thing, right? Uh, but yeah, you're not really you're not really in a theater. Like I think in gaming, the theater, the arena kind of uh, venues manifest themselves most in like esports competitions totally right yeah yeah yeah. Um, it seems like that this one is like you're in a private setting it's almost a private venue it's almost like a hearth it's just not your house it's just like this thing you're in for this period of time yeah the museum and sort of this like playground venue almost get into that a little bit um but yeah i don't i don't know it's hard the the if we said that let's say that's more of the museum because when he calls the what, what he defines museum as is a place where you incorporate gameplay experiences to introduce people to information that they're experiencing um and i think like so, like some of those games like uh 
uh, maybe not the ones where you're just strictly shooting them, but the one where you're like moving through like a dinosaur space, right? Um, like I, I, I've been in some of those where it's like you're essentially you're like in this little bubble flying through an environment with dinosaurs and stuff. And while you're going through there, the narrator's giving you information about it. <laughs> sure. And I mean, yeah, if those games are geared towards education, I could totally see that. But I think there's a lot of these experiences that aren't geared towards education that sort of move away from that concept. Yeah, I agree. And I, um, yeah, so like those exist. And then there's also these like strict VR games like VR chat or comedy night, these games where people just congregate in a virtual community space and interact together. And um, I think those are interesting too here, right? Because those don't necessarily fall under any of these venues either. Like depending on the game, VR chat is basically just like almost anywhere personified, right? But that anywhere just happens to be in a completely virtual space. Yeah, I think that's the interesting part that we want to discuss here, right? Like, as we're already, just as you're calling out those experiences shows, these this technology is enabling this, like, blend of places that we can play these games. Um, I also calls to my mind, I also bring up the this experience that a company called The Void is working on. I mean, it's not a part, like a singular experience, but the company The Void works with partners to create this, like, virtual reality um, experience for certain intellectual properties, but they do it in a unique way where you have a physical space that you move through in tandem with the virtual reality experience. So like you, you start the game, you have your VR headset headset on, and let's say you're, you're in a room when you start the room and there's this window in the room that is super bright calling your attention, right? Very, very, it really yeah, yeah. draws your attention over. So you you actually walk over there and you touch it. So this isn't, uh, you're not like teleporting about. You're literally walking over. You're touching the window. And there's actually a physical window there. So the, now the interesting part of those experiences, uh, in this particular example with the void, there's that, there's a wall in real life when you touch the window. However, the rest of the room is only somewhat real like there are some walls in the physical space some amount of walls but your brain really just fills in the space to and perceives it as a room right so sure. yeah you see what i'm saying so you don't it, it there isn't like literally a whole room there there's just a few walls but you think there's a room because of the way your brain's filling in the space from the virtual reality experience and Although I think there could be there could be a room like I don't know does that even I don't know if that even matters though right like on thinking about the venue right there could totally just be a room there and that's fine too right there could be yep yep I I am thinking about uh so on those in that kind of a place imagine the kinds of things you could do like if you could dynamically change the physical environment to yep. match a virtual environment right Right, or at um, least dynamically change enough about the physical environment that it is convincing to the brain that is in exactly. the VR headset that it is changing in the way that they think it is, yeah? Yes, exactly. So that way, um, because I'm thinking, create dynamically changing, if you imagine like we have a gym, if you trying to dynamically change that into something with staircases and blah, 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 I, I mean, maybe one day we'll get there, but I don't think that's trivial um elevation change would be really difficult yeah right but even that you could maybe just using this you know tricking the brain into kind of perceiving what's not actually there you might be able to uh to I, like i'm imagining an experience where 
you go to this gym thing with, let's say, three other buds, three other friends, and you play through a, let's just call it a level. So like a, it's like a gym space. There's um, physical, there's some amount of physical elements present, some walls, whatever. You all put on your virtual reality headset. And let's say it's like a horror game, right? It's a horror experience. And you're trying sure. to move through this level. Um, and you need the, the objective being like, get through the, the other side of the level with losing the minimal amount of players, right? Um, and you get sort of a score and you and your buds like run through it. You get a score for your team. And then there's other teams there, other people who go to the place to play, who play with you, like go after you, whatever. And then maybe you wait for them to complete while having some refreshments and some snacks on the side. And you you have this like friendly playthrough of these levels. So you like all beat the first level, then you all beat the second level, and then somebody does best or something, right? Interesting. Um, sure, yeah. So... Well, that and that even like publicizes the experience further, right? Like this has now become an extremely complex experience. Like, and I think it might be valuable to just boil it down to some really simple elements, right? So there's one element where it's just you could do this solo, right? Just you in a VR headset in this physical space, um, doing this physical experience, right? Right. And that's like a new thing that doesn't really exist. Even that is barely doesn't really exist in gaming, right? Like you can do VR at your house, but that's very different from VR in a space where you have like freedom of movement and all of these things. Right. The the kind of VR you can do at your house, like you're saying, you teleport around that virtual environment. Uh, I mean, because like yeah, you can't if you were to play a game um, that did require you to move through the physical space. Obviously, like the space is going to be need, need to be the same for everybody playing, right? Right. So. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So then that on itself is like a unique experience. And then what if we, and then you add multiplayer, but this is different than like normal multiplayer, right? This is like the next level of local multiplayer because you are literally together with your friends. You could in theory even touch them if it was like presented in such a way that allowed for that. And like, that's quite a strange experience, right? Like the sensation of being able to actually touch the person you're playing a game with, but also like you guys exist in this world that isn't the real world. It's kind of crazy. Like that I think is what a lot of people like really want out of a lot of different kinds of games. And that sort of transcends this gap um, that like, for example, like world of Warcraft or like VR chat or these games where you are directly interacting people like this adds another sensory element to that. That's like insane, honestly. Yep. No, I agree. And I, like what they're doing in the void with what the void is doing. Um, and I think other, other experiences are doing this too in virtual reality, but using, they use, they leverage haptic feedback, right. To make some of those interactions in that virtual world seem even more real. So like what you were saying, Mm. maybe if you were playing in that space virtually with a person, but you were also, let's say wearing gloves, haptic feedback, uh, vibrations, right? So if you, if you're, if, let's say you're playing with your friend, your friend got got you got hit by the zombie, whatever, you know, you got caught. So maybe the game allows for this sort of recovery mechanic, and you need to literally walk over and like touch him on his shoulder, whatever the heck, to like re- get him back to health. Sure. And uh, you know, if you feel that, like you put your hand there and you feel something, it's it, that may be enough to convince you that it's like that person's there, right? I guess that's true. You're talking about in a situation where he, that person's not actually there, 
Yeah. Because um, uh, I'm thinking about like this situation where you're all there in this room moving around this physical space and interacting. But I guess like, yeah, that could even happen without them being in that in that location. Because I know also uh, the Void has like these haptic feedback bodysuits. So imagine like you're in the horror experience, whether let's say you guys are all in the same space for simplicity's right. sake. And the zombie gets you. But like if you really felt like a pow on your chest, right? Sure, like, if you got like punched or I'm sure, yeah, yes. haptic feedback can definitely accomplish that. You can, uh, it really takes the experience to another another level, I think. Right. Uh, yeah, and see, like, that's what's interesting, right? This this sort of experience seems to be combining like all of these existing, ga- like, sort of outside of just traditional gaming spaces into like one huge thing, right? Like these places, these times where you could like go play games in a physical space with people, but also where you can be in like a virtual world, but also like where you actually get like feelings of stuff. You know, like there's stuff at amusement parks where you get like air blown on you or like water sprayed on you when you do stuff. And this is sort of the extreme exp- extrapolation of that to the point where you're essentially being convinced you're in a completely different world. Yep. No, and okay, so we, we, now that we've talk, been talking about the public venues a little bit, like, imagine imagine on a more private setting, like the reading nook, right? Mm-hmm. So the the reading nook's kind of maybe the most opposite of this other kind of gym, whatever experience. Uh, I think there will be a reality where how this is enabled, right? Like, if it's because we, like, AR glasses are commonplace and they're really accessible. I don't know. I don't know exactly the implementation that will happen, but you could be just chilling on your couch or in your bed or whatever, and you can open up a, like, a virtual pet. Your It's like a virtual pet game. So you, you, you turn, you open the game, and all of a sudden your little creatures spawn in front of you right like and you kind of like see how they're doing you can like feed them you can uh whatever take care of them they kind of jump around and move around your space because dynamically it perceives well so this already exists for sure yeah uh tell us about how do we (laughs) how oh okay i mean like I, well, I'm just sorry. I'm. I guess I'm sort of stuck on this concept of like the actual like convincing the brain that the physical space is dynamically changing. Like you don't need that for like this experience you're describing. I mean, you could potentially wear haptic feedback gloves so you could like feel touching this animal, and that's even an extension of what like already exists. But like, I mean, a pure virtual like AR or VR experience where there's like something jumping around, like you can definitely do that. Like even Snapchat basically does that nowadays, right? Right. Um. I, yeah. But yep. how do you like? I'm just thinking about like extending that experience with like haptic feedback or trying to make that experience feel more real because that I think is the real like innovation that this, this new sort of concept is, is, is providing. That's like something that you can't really get from games nowadays. Sure. Yeah. I think what um, I'm envisioning is, is basically just something where the current implementation is taken much farther uh, specifically with, in regards to the limitations of your interface into that world, like right now we're sort of like some of the examples you called out is bound through like the, the phone. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the best like HoloLens augmented reality headsets still have a pretty narrow field of view and everything. It's sort of this, uh, if, if the interaction with the digital world could be seamless, like you're, you're looking at something more like how Iron Man interacts with his holograms in like the Marvel movies or something. That's, that's a, I think, another level than what we have here. Even though fundamentally it is like similar. Now, in regards to like what you're saying, um, yeah, 
I mean, uh, I just guess I'm not personally think? convinced. I'm not really convinced by this whole, like, if we have the good enough field of views, AR is suddenly going to feel so real that it's going to, like, feel real. I just, like, am not that convinced by that. I feel like there needs to be this additional element for it to be as compelling as it's trying to be, I guess. And what do you what do you mean by feel real? Like what? what I like would I don't know if I just sorry I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. What would make it, it feel real? If I just had this like pet in front of me, right? In this, it even if my feel of you, right? Like I'm just imagining. Like if I see a virtual pet in front of me, even if I like whatever, what would you do? Like move your hand down to like some bag you can see in the world, grab like a treat out of it, hold it out, and the the pet would eat it. Like that's great, but you don't like none of that actually happens. You don't have any feeling of that happening. You know what I mean? You're just seeing it and and maybe hearing it, right? And is just sight and sound enough to truly like make that experience that much more immersive and interesting than just like, you know, playing the Wii and like sure. playing like Nintendogs on the Wii or something. Like that even has vibration in the controller and sounds that come specifically out of the controller, which could even be more immersive than at least what I'm envisioning this other experience might look like. Yeah. I mean, to to finish that thought and then we can talk about the virtual reality again. Uh I think so. I think when you when that interaction when the interface into that digital world is seamless, whatever that is, like however that is, where you can interact with these digital things without the constraint of like this physical medium of like the phone or the glasses are just so easy to use lightweight or it's just sort of a Bluetooth thing that mounts on the, like, you know, you wear over an ear or something like that. And you can somehow see this through your, as if you were just seeing the real life, like real life, but these things were moving around. I think that's just so novel that it, people will love it. Um, Hmm. But, Even if it's only applying to the visual and auditory senses and not really any of the others. Right. If Now, how we could, I think, though, like, let's say, let's move on that. Like, you have that experience. If you had some of, I think haptic feedback really is a, a strong way of communicating some things there. Um, an experience like that where you're sort of taking care of pets, I'm not sure if how, uh, how much you'd want to leverage it. Like you said, maybe when you're petting it, it can kind of feel real, but can it feel furry? You know, I'm, I don't think haptic feedback alone is what would do that. Um, I think you, it, it might be able to, but you would need really fine granularity on the vibration and stuff like that. Yep. So yeah, maybe there's some limitations there, but the, I think also my head goes towards these more public venues because that's maybe what I'd be hoping for. Right. I, I see that like as an extension of sports almost really. It's like what current sports are today can get extended into this like virtual reality presence. Uh, so you'd have like extreme football where not only are they like playing football, but there's like power ups or some shit that they can use. And that yeah. is like, but it's like very well immersed to the point where it's like convincing rather than like gimmicky feeling. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I don't know if we would take existing football, but like even if you take existing esports, so like if you have a shooter franchise, but it's done in the virtual space, it's almost like in the real world in this di- in this physical environment that we described before, you'd almost be kind of like playing paintball. You'd have mm-hmm. some sort of space, whatever. But in the virtual sense, it can kind of get extended into whatever you can do. Um, and so you have physics, you, it, we've so far called out haptic feedback as a mechanism, but, uh, maybe you could have 
trampolines. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Like what you know, like it can it could really go in whatever direction you take it, I guess. So um that scene that sounds so much fun to me. So I think that's where I gravitate towards immediately. Um yeah, what do you think? Any any in, insights into like how that could extend into something more like the reading nook? I don't know. I just a, a note on your previous point though. I think like one really interesting fact about this like this combined experience is that it's combining it's making playing games much more physical than it normally is. And like if the Wii and the Switch, many Switch games like um are to be believed that's actually something people are pretty interested in um like for example that new game that came out switch ring fit adventure where you have this like big ring that you like use to do all these things and fight these enemies and you're technically just exercising but even still like the fact that these games are becoming popular and people are interested in having more physical aspects to their video games like really spells positive for like this scenario you're describing i think yeah, no, I agree. I mean, think about like you love rhythm games, right? Yes. Um, and you, I, th- at least recently, have really loved the rhythm games you play at the arcade. Yeah. Which, of course, I I, th- I feel have more. There's somehow more of a public and like physical element to that than some of the games you could play on your computer. Yeah, uh, I mean, except for like Beat Saber, right? Like, which I don't know how much you know about Beat Saber, but that's like a VR game where you're essentially like sword cutting music notes right and that game uh is insanely popular like more popular than most even like what i would describe as extremely good rhythm games not that that isn't a really good rhythm game but like these other really good rhythm games that come out that don't have these like novel elements aren't really becoming as popular but beat saber became hugely popular even outside of the rhythm game community i agree i I, yeah i i think there's uh definitely a few reasons to that like why beat saber was so cool maybe we can talk about it on another podcast but i agree with you yeah yeah that's so interesting and then how do we extend it to the, the reading nook is interesting right like the kinds of games people want to play in the reading nook are usually more casual right people aren't looking for this like hardcore shooting sword cutting experience in the reading nook right they want like how do you take like candy crush or like some simple puzzle game and enhance it via this technology. I mean, one thing could be just it happening in the real world. I remember a HoloLens demo where it like made something appear on the table, and then you could interact with that thing on the table, even though the thing doesn't exist. Like that's really cool and really cool from an AR perspective. And I feel like even like haptic feedback that's like minimal could further immerse that experience. I mean, that's why vibration in controllers has is still a thing. Even though it's so simple and so like disconnected from what's actually happening, it's really effective. Right. Yeah, I think whatever how I, I do think maybe there's some interest. You could do like Candy Crush, but in, you could like crush things in your hand so it's somehow maybe like more I don't know, visceral almost. I'm not sure. Like you you could make some of those experiences like reimagine them in a more realistic way but i think one key thing about the reading nook in particular that ar and vr will have to figure out and uh i think this will keep pro- I, I i think that you the technology has to be super accessible super easy to use super convenient for it to make its way into the reading nook i guess and i think that's yeah. why smartphones and tablets have done well there uh i i i could see that 
some of these, I mean, you're already seeing it. AR and VR, uh, I think more so VR uh, in the video game space is primarily taking place right now in the workbench space, right? right? Like a more dedicated space. And I feel like that makes sense. Like that's how it will start. And the technology kind of has to evolve. The hardware, I think, especially has to like evolve so that it's easily accessible and convenient. Uh, I, I think that's a key thing for something like the Reading Nook. Totally. I um I did have, like I think one cool at Reading Nook maybe idea like you know those games like Snood I think they're called and stuff where you're shooting colored balls at like a group of colored balls at the top and if you match them right then they like destroy that group. Yeah. Um, you could just take that game and instead of pointing and shooting that you have to like flick it but it doesn't exist right yep right yeah, you're like flicking it or you're like pushing it right you could have just and that's what i think is like mobile games are like very limited interaction games generally so if you just make like that key interaction with the game a like physical motion instead of a button press even if that's it's a very minimal physical motion that could be really satisfying. Like, I can't tell you how much more satisfying it is to, like, flick a disc in this board game I like called Crokinole than it is to click a button that is, like, showing you an arrow that will shoot a disc in that direction. You know what I mean? No, I, I agree. I think there's something very fundamentally true about that. I mean, you see, like, in in a similar way in music production, why do people buy these beat pads and why do they buy all of these, totally. like... Uh, Right, like because it's more natural to express ourselves through those things than like a keyboard key, right? Uh, yep. And and sometimes even more so, like on a piano, whatever. Um, anyway, so I think there's a lot there, and there's even more to talk about. I think again, the reading nook for it to work there, they you have to make it so convenient. Like you have to imagine, what are people okay doing in the reading nook to have their experiences? Like how to read a book in the reading nook? Maybe you need glasses. Yeah. So having a glass, a small pair of glasses in your pocket that you put on, people seem to be okay with. So technology has to get to that level where the 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 glasses are that trivial to use um, and still obviously provide a rich enough experience that it's compelling enough to want to use. So I mean, either that or the experiences need to be scoped down, right? Like you could totally have an AR experience on your phone. Um, right now that is like pretty satisfying and visceral, but it's not going to be to the point we're describing, but it could still exist. Right. So it's, I like, and maybe to get to the point of quality of experience we're describing that would not happen or that can't happen right now, but even like scoped down versions of these experiences could be the beginning of what goes into the reading nook. Yep. And I think that that's what we'll see, right? Like the evolution. Like yeah, that's like what we're already seeing. Yep. Yep. With Snapchat, like I said, their AR stuff. There have been AR games released on phones already that you just interact with, like Pokemon Go, for example, right? Like that. Granted, that's not like totally reading Nook, but that concept could easily be like turned into a reading Nook game. Yep. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I think cool that's stuff. super interesting, and I would love to hear if anyone else has ideas about these VR AR experiences in whatever venues they want, or what people think about these, or if people have done them how they felt about them and how they felt about this immersion. I think I'm really curious about whether this whole, whether visual and audio are enough to make these experiences so much more immersive that it's worth putting like effort into having them. Yeah. Maybe on a pre another podcast, we can talk about what we think needs to go into these experiences, right. To make them beyond just audio and visual. 
right? Totally. To make them compelling. So yeah. So how how can people contact us? So you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Byte, even at <laughs> ko koala underscore ent. Uh, you can check us out. Our website kokoalaentertainment.com uh, has all the links to everywhere that you can find us. Check us out also on Facebook at Ko Koala Entertainment and uh, our Discord. Right? You want to shout out our Discord? Yeah, I mean, go to our website kokoalaentertainment.com and you can find an invite there. Um, come join, talk to us. We, I, there's one person who's joined and I talked to them directly, so it's a guarantee. <laughs> guarantee. <laughs> so yeah, please let us know what you think and uh yeah let's also know this is the second week in a row we do a shorter podcast if you're enjoying it uh we'd appreciate the feedback so yes and sorry for the potentially reduced audio quality we had to record this one remotely but we'll be back to our normal recording strength next week yes or if this is better (laughs) we'll see i guess that's fair (laughs) uh very good we will see you guys later yes thanks for listening goodbye